welcome to FTC Future, the podcast. I'm your host, Luisa, and today we'll be interviewing FTC Team 9511 Low Voltage, who will be discussing common game strategies they've seen teams using during different events and game strategies that they are using themselves. We now have our guests here with us, who are three members of 9511 Low Voltage, Hari Shankar, Thomas, and Anirudh. So do you want to start off by telling us some of the game strategies that you've been using this season? So I think we should start off with saying that we went to the Marcus Scrimmage. This was basically the first competition of the SD, uh, North Texas FTC uh, tournament this year. And from there, we decided to start with the Alliance Shipping Hub. But uh, we didn't really get as much practice as we wanted to, especially since we had a few problems. However, we were able to get a lot of uh, three or four freight in the share, or sorry, Alliance Shipping Hub. And we've seen like everybody else doing it, so we were inclined to believe that the ship, Alliance Shipping Hub was the way to go. And then afterwards, we transitioned into long, uh, the Iron Dragon competition that was a week after that. And here we had to switch up our strategy a bit because there were a lot more teams that are better than us in the uh, Alliance Shipping Hub. So we started moving towards the. Um, the shared shipping hub where we started to get um, double weighted cubes and to tip the let's go share shipping up our favor. However, we our mechanism at the time wasn't was just the four bar and it wasn't efficient enough. So then we decided to basically do a 50-50 where we would uh, focus a little bit on this and focus a little bit on that. And we would try to optimize our four bar to the maximum efficiency. And during our EP league meet, we uh, started to uh, do both actually. And I think we did them pretty well. And we plan to keep doing this strategy where we like switch between depending on how good our partner is at the other one. And we want to have full efficiency in both. What do you think are some autonomous strategies that you're using or that you've seen? I think one of the big things that um, helped us is one, we um, we use Roadrunner, which helps um, quickly and efficiently program our autonomous and also makes it consistent. Another thing is we um, we started to implement detection. So our first version of detection was with um, Rev two meter distance sensors, which um, as we went to different competitions and tried on different fields, the one thing that we realized is that the taping is actually, it varies from field to field. So one thing that we had to incorporate into our strategy is um, not stopping at a pre-planned point, but stopping whenever we detect the barcode. And another thing we use is like, like running into the wall to align um, and reposition our heading and also moving out of the way when we go into the warehouse so that our alliance partner doesn't run into us. And what would you suggest to like newer teams who don't know how to use something advanced like Roadrunner? Um, Roadrunner really helps us, but I wouldn't say, you know, it's really um, super necessary. Like, it does help with a lot of consistency stuff, but another option would be like I was saying, we, um, for example, before we go into the warehouse and park, one thing that happened a lot was um, our heading wasn't always consistent, even before Roadrunner. And when we tried to park inside the warehouse, it would go into the pipes and break parts of our robot. So one thing that we use a lot is running in the walls and also slower is always more consistent, which is another thing that I, um, I think is a really useful piece of advice to more teams because the faster you go, the more inconsistencies you're going to have. 
Um, what would you say, like, your cycle time is for Teleop? So for Teleop, um, if I remember correctly, we can pretty easily get a one freight per, like, 15 to 20 seconds. Um, and we're trying to get this faster, especially since our robot is uh, slim enough to fit through the gap between the uh, the wall and the rough terrain. And since we also have a claw, it's not that the hardest thing to grab, especially cubes with. So we do need a little bit more practice, but I think that uh, currently it is uh, seven to eight freight in like the two minute time period. Um, what do you think is like one of the advantages of not having to go over the barrier every time you get freight? I would say there's two main advantages. Um, one is it won't actually damage any part of our robot because our robot doesn't actually have suspension. So like if there's anything like some cables unplugged or the switch goes out, like we don't want to uh, accidentally like destroy the robot. And another part is that it's actually much faster because whenever we go over the rough, uh, the terrain, the pipes, it will actually just bump up our robot and we lose a lot more speed. It's like a speed bump. So going in and out of the little crevice would actually just allow allows us to like get our cycle times down like a good five seconds. And another thing that even though going over the pipes might be faster for some teams, one thing that we're actually trying to prevent for our team, and we actually spoken to a lot of teams that had this happen to them, when they go over the pipes, um, either like external wiring or internal control hub um, connections get messed up. Um, and also, as far as our robot, since we have a four bar, um, whenever we go over the pipes, we risk the four bar gearing slipping, um, the external gearing, and also um, the freight being dropped, depending on which freight it is. So that's another thing that we played into our strategy. Have you looked in like improving your robot so it can go over the barrier in case a robot tries to play defense on you and blocks that space between the wall and the barrier? Yes, and I think uh, our robot is able, and we are looking to ways to do that, but uh, realistically, I don't think that's going to be a major problem for us, because we would, uh, at that point, we would just not go into the Alliance Shipping Hub, and we would try to um, go into the enemies or try another strategy instead. Uh, I don't think it's realistic, especially now with defense. Uh, and also, I think it's uh, illegal for five seconds, so we'll just wait a little bit. So, realistically, no. Do you have any strategy, set strategy for endgame? Yeah, so for endgame, we just go into the carousel and then spin all of the 11 ducks. Do you have, like, a cycle time for that? Um, not specific that I can remember, no. But I we get I all of them before, huh? I think we were able to um, optimize our duck spinning to two and a half seconds per duck or something like that. Oh, that's very impressive, actually. Um, what would you do in the case that another robot is doing a carousel? Uh, we can cap our shipping element. Not only do we cap our shipping element, we would also like to get as many freights as possible onto the uh, shared shipping hub. And... Tapping, I think, is also a little bit more important this year because we can get, uh, Hari, if you if you can check me, we get 20 points if we cap our, or 15 points if we cap our capstone. And wait, oh. Yeah, it's 15. Okay, 15 points. So we get that much. And we're also able to put in any other freight so that we can. And we are working right now 
on trying to put another capstone. Um, we don't know if it's going to be possible, but uh, we're trying to get as many points as possible in that scenario. Yeah, like in the case that at the beginning of Endgame, we, um, the Alliance shared shipping hub is already tilted toward our Alliance. Um, really, the most um, efficient way to score the most points that I would say is one team doing the ducks and another team capping and then if possible doing more freight because capping is 15 points which is two and a half times um the freight and the ducks so capping is one thing that really helped boost our scores at our recent competition have you looked into like trying to balance your shipping hub yeah kind of but at the same time not really uh really um like the piping one we do see that as like a future problem if we want to completely optimize our scores. But in the short term, especially in these EP leagues, we want to get as many points as possible, as fast as possible. So uh, we're not really focused on that, but we will, we are putting that into our minds and thinking, okay, is it worth it in this scenario to do it? And if it is, then we'll do it. Uh, we won't cap or we won't, um, what's called, worry, we'll worry about balancing it rather than, uh, what's called, uh, tipping it. So, and another thing is, um, one is what Inard was saying, and also um, trying to balance it is something that, although the 10, the 10 points um, bonus in Endgame is like a big thing, it would, you'd be able to score more points if you don't worry about that and just focus on getting more freight. And also um, the more and more freight you get on the top level of the Align Shipping Hub, the harder it is to balance it without putting heavier cubes on the bottom and putting them on each side and that, you know, it takes more time and you get less points for putting on the bottom level. So, um, so far we haven't been worried about that. We've been more worried about cycling faster, but yeah, that's something that we're looking into. Um, I don't actually have any more questions. If there's anything else you would like to share, uh, feel free to do so. Don't think that we have anything else. Uh, well, Thomas, Hari. Nope. Okay. Mm, should we end it here then? Yeah. Okay. Everyone have a good day and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you.